1: If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com.
2: Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Welcome to Money Making
3: Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding experts with Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. Thank you, Stephen A. Smith. This is Rashawn McDonald. I am the host of MoneyMakingConversation.com. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For you, it may be the size of your paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. Please leave with your gifts and don't let your age, friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dream. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare to rise above the bigger obstacles that life will present to you. My MoneyMakingConversation.com guests this week are Super Bowl champion Demarcus Ware, discussing this new fitness app, Driven to Win, Chef Eduardo Jordan, discussing his restaurant and new Chitlin's clothing line, discussing financials with Andrea L. Collins, and Curtis Simons is launching his new HBCU Go TV. Visit MoneyMakingConversation.com right now. I'm Rashawn McDonald. My next guest knows a lot about committed effort. He's a Super Bowl champion, NFL legend, DeMarcus Ware. Wednesday, November, November, Wednesday December 9th, this NFL legend announced the launch of Driven to Win. That's D2, D2W, Driven to Win, a new fitness app that brings a professional sports workout training experience to anyone with an iPhone, okay? After perfecting his practice, DeMarcus now extended his pro-level workout techniques to somebody like me. I need help! (laughs) Driven to Win is a nonsense, high-performance daily grind that builds leaders. I love that part about it. It's motivational. A lot of people forget that when you're training and you're grinding out there, trying to get in shape, it really is about building leadership. It's about commitment. It's about being on the daily grind. And that's what this this app is all about. It's a five-star app. And that's important I say that. That means that nobody's complaining about it. When they download it, they get amazing results and they believe in it and they want to share their results that's why they give it a rating because it brings million dollar pro level fitness techniques right to the palm of your hand please welcome the money making conversation the creator of driven to win app demarcus Ware. hey demarcus
4: hey man thanks for inviting me on one thing that i really really like what you said and that's like the model of this app is be the best you you yes. use other people platforms and envision on where you need to be. Yes. But it's all about building the best you, man. But and thank you. Thank you for inviting me on the show.
3: Well, when I heard the app was dropping and uh, I feel that, you know, we, we about to go into that uh, New Year's resolution time of the year <laughs> when, when people, you know, right now you're coming out of that food surge. Okay. You're going to get another mini surge with the Christmas holidays. But then the New Year's, you, you, you have that first quarter of the year where you can change your life and losing weight and getting in shape is a major part of that. And so what, what has driven you? Because look, you still look like you got it going on. And I, Rushon McDonald, I got a lot of clothes on top of me. I cannot <laughs> do an interview like you, Demarcus. Okay. Right. I look like an old man trying to work out.
4: <laughs> Dude, I, I, I tell you what. Uh, when you hit rock bottom, especially like when I retired, I couldn't walk. So I had to find some way to really motivate myself and, you know, being a captain in NFL for 12 years, I just thought that, all right, if you can lead guys to be champions, now you can change your locker room that where I played at to the weight room and lead people to have fitter lives, motivating them in a way to where now they feel good about themselves. And that's where driven to win all came about. And really wanting to give people like that true experience of not just content that you can have, but building the best you through 3D models, augmented reality, artificial intelligence, just to name a few things that's in there. Um, But it's just a cool thing to see.
3: Well, you know, driven to win, when you use the word win, you know, win means a lot of things, winning in life, winning in health, winning in relationships. So define what driven to win really means for you. Um, driven to win is a motto of not
4: giving up, mm-hmm. not giving up on yourself, not giving up on your goals. But the thing is incrementally, like you just said earlier in the show, you got to have those incremental things in your life that you set that goal and mm-hmm. then you got to chew on it a little bit. Right. And if you do that, then you start feeling like, Hey, I got one goal done. I got another goal done. And so now you start getting closer to those goals. So that's what driven to win means to me. Driven. To win in life, driven to wow. win in whatever that you're doing, whatever that is that you're doing, you be you and have your identity and you own that.
3: Okay, we've uh, we you know this is a very competitive field. It's a fitness field. Fitness apps, fit fit phones, fit watches, fit fit the thighs, <laughs> yes. you know everything. everything. You know, and so so when you when you when you come about, how does this work? You know, we download it. We go through the process. You download an app, or are there any videos on there? Motivational videos are you on there? How does it work?
4: Yeah. The thing is, I wanted to be different. Right. Um, all of the fitness apps, they have videos, but what can I do to be different? I've always said, if you can bring change to something, everybody will come. Or if you build it, they'll come. Right. So, um, you know, with me, with me really having that technology driven background, not just from um, from college, but I mean, just a life thing that I did. Mm-hmm. Um I added a 3D model. So wow. when people actually log into the app, you do a test in meaning you ask, a, you're asked a couple questions and then it puts you in the right program for you from beginner all the way up to advanced. And then it takes you to another level. So let's say, I don't know how to do any other exercises. Right, so right. instead of looking at a video, you can look at 3D a 3D model where you can actually move all the way around the model and see how to do the exercises, what sets and reps and um and tempos of the whole program and then i well let's just say now i actually can use an augmented reality figure and Mm -hmm. i can stick it here in the gym and it'll tell me and you're looking at it right Mm -hmm. where you are Mm -hmm. and it's saying this right here is how you need to do the exercise this is the tempos your sets and reps but i took it to a whole nother level because some people once they get to that point they're like well i don't know if i'm training too hard Right. So I started using artificial intelligence um, through the Apple platform to where you talking to the phone, mesh with the Apple watch and it'll tell you that, Hey, you need to be in zone three, let's say zone two. And then all of a sudden you're working out and you're actually in zone three. It'll tell you, you need to slow down it'll give you the rest that you need. And then it'll pull everything back a little bit. So it's almost like you got a true trainer in your pocket. Wow. So when you go anywhere, if you're at home or if you're at the gym, You really have the true total experience, not just a video Mm -hmm. that's telling you what to do, but actually a machine learning along the way. If you're a beginner all the way to an advanced athlete um, of how to work out.
3: Yeah, because, you know, you have the, the Peloton out there. You have the mirror out there, and now you have an app called Driven to Win that applies. And we we just gonna kick those two to the curb as just examples. We talked about <laughs> you know? So you have the, the example because that's high price over there. Okay, those are those are th- that's a lot of money you're spending in investing, and you can't carry a bike with you. Okay, you can't carry a mirror with you. Listen to what I'm saying, that. But you can right. carry this app on your iPhone with you in the you know, walking in the park. Going to a gym, going down right. to your basement, going down into your gym that you you've created, or getting out of your right. bed and for the first time in your life touching that bike that's been sent over now as a clothes hanger, <laughs> you know, <laughs> all the, that's what I loved about the app because the thing about it, it can travel with you. That's what a fitness app should be, and it's not restricting you. If you want to, if you're traveling and you are in a hotel, you can take it down to the hotel gym. You know, am I? I'm selling it right, Demarcus? Am I?
4: I mean, I mean, the thing is, you, you're saying the right thing. It's something for every. Everybody. You just touched on. All right. Let's say that I, I do have a Peloton bike or I, I have some cardio equipment at home. I don't know what to do. Guess what? There's programs in there that to- that tells you what you need to be doing mm-hmm. and what algorithm you need to be doing. It, and then you can talk into it and it's learning along the way with you. So or if I'm at the house and I'm like, you know, what, I don't have any workout equipment. Right. What type of bodyweight exercises I need to be doing? Mm-hmm. So now you actually can prop me. Or um, Angela Daniel, the other figure that's in there, because I got something for the ladies, too, mm-hmm. because everybody is in this fitness realm. Everybody wants to feel good about themselves. So you can put those figures on the floor. I mean, you can put them on your bed. You can put them wherever you want to put right, them right, right. in. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I want you to feel comfortable where you are. A mm-hmm. lot of people aren't comfortable when they go into a gym or are comfortable even at home. Mm-hmm. So now you actually can learn a little bit. Get the information that you need. Let's just say that you're like, all right, well, what should I be feeling? There's actually focus points on there so you can click on the figure. Let's say if it's a stomach and you're doing some type of core, right. it tells you to brace your core, what right. you need to be doing, what right. you should be feeling at the time. So now people are like, oh, right. now I actually know what that exercise feels like. So I put so much information inside of this app that's going to be beneficial for so many people.
3: Well, you know, we all... Have that mirror in the house, you know, where you can just turn <laughs> just right, Demarcus, and it give you that look. And you look good. And oh, you, you look, look good. Come on, Marcus, you know that mirror. You know that look, man. I got a pose, brother. You can't tell me nothing, Demarcus. I get way Come on now. <laughs> I got got my arm right I got my stomach right I lost my butt my wife tell me my butt left when I left college so I ain't got that no more I can't make that pose work but I can work everything else so we're going from the pose to reality and that's what this app is gonna do, but I, because I, I, you know when we met, we met this celebrity family feud and Steve Harvey, we did, you we know. Did, we did. and he he used to always laugh at me because he'd be over there lifting fifty pound curls and I'm doing twenty. I'm a twenty guy, you know. I am over there, he said, we stop, 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 stop. I say, brother, do what works for you. The twenties work right. for me. The fifties right. work for you. You know, Stephen A. Smith, who I'm managing now, he loves Peloton. You know, every every time I call him in the morning, he huffing. I said, brother, I'm just walking on my treadmill. I walk a mile. That's me. Ten minutes in a mile. And that's what I love about the app. Do you. It allows you to do you. Is that is? Am I heading home with, it, with driven to win?
4: You, you, you know, the thing is, when, you, when you're talking about doing you, right, let's mm-hmm. just say that you test in and it, it takes you through the phases on how you need to train. If you instability, hypertrophy, strength power or in the endurance phases, those are like all the phases right. of fitness it will put you <laughs> in the right phase of where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Now, or you said, you know, I only got 30 minutes to work out. There's targeted exercises mm-hmm. in there, um, programs that you can do core, you can do buys and tries. If you want to do glutes and abs, if you want to do that, right. Or you said, you know what? I just want to take a challenge today. Right. I got a weight in that phone, the way you can prop that phone up mm-hmm. and for where you are in your workout plan, it's going to be maybe a 60-second finisher, right. I would say, you can do if it's jumping jacks, if right. it's pull-ups, whatever it is, and you tap on that, and you actually get to challenge me. So I'll be on the left side, you'll be on the right side, and then it messes you up and see where you stand. So it, it is something in there. Even like when I talked about earlier – Mm-hmm. about um athletes in high school i didn't have any workout programs the only thing i knew about is going to the ymca mm-hmm. i didn't know anything about sports i'm mm-hmm. talking about college players too and then this guy named bo jackson came to the ymca and he told me he said demarcus you know if you really want to get out of here i know a way that you can get out of the get out of the hood and i'm thinking to myself like what, what are you talking about <laughs> he said in auburn at auburn university in college he said, they give you a meal plan. Mm-hmm. He said, because you're on scholarship. I said, so how do you get a scholarship? He said, well, you, you need to start working out. You need to make sure that, you know, you're doing the right thing, staying out of trouble. I mean, I had a mentor right there telling me exactly mm-hmm. what I needed. Right. So then I started thinking to myself, how can I give something like this back you know, to the kids? Mm-hmm. You know, now I'm back in their position. And that's why I went and got the bomb. Millers or Chris Harris's or Leighton Van Der the Tyron Smith's of the world, created avatars and 3D models of them. Right. But I also did. I interviewed those guys during COVID. Like, how did y'all prepare, you know, mm-hmm. for for, you know, this year? Mm-hmm. What type of things would you tell the kids and people who are watching this? Um, how did you become you? Right. And every single one of them, I'm talking about a quote from each one of them. Right. They said, man, I just didn't stop. Mm -hmm. there was nothing that stopped me from my dream and where I wanted to go. Everybody told me I was too little. Everybody told me that what I couldn't do, Mm -hmm. but one thing I knew I had to do is do the work. Right. And that's where the motto of driven to win also comes from is doing the work that only you can do because you are your own individual. God made us that way. So, Um, being able to give something like in just this section, right? Um, just to high schoolers, college, you know, players. It's
3: just a great thing too as well. You're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need Car CarShield Car Shield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a covered repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as 99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work, and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, or visit CarShield.com and use code MONEY. M-O-N-E-Y, to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code MONEY. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Well, first of all, you're, you're fantastic, Demarcus. Your articulation, your, your passion, your tone. I, I remember when I met you at Fam Fu said, I loved you. I told you, I man, you could be a star. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember I told you that? I I remember. Told, you, remember? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I said, dude, you're a star, man. And, and it's still, it's still, a, it's still, it still show, shows it now, you know. But here's a couple of things that you mentioned that excited me about workouts because as you get older, you know, the word workout can be, um, be daunting. It can be frightening because you don't know what that means. Didn't yes. you say, Rishon, I got the 30 minutes and, and that is what has really helped me now. I set myself when I go in the gym, I'm out in 30 minutes. Whatever happens, that's it. That's it. And a lot of people don't, have time limits. They just go and hear the word workout and it freezes them up. They say, I don't have time. But what you just said is, Rashawn, you have programs on your app that's the Driven to Win app that you can download on your iPhone. Right. It right. enables you, hey, you got 60 seconds, you got 15 minutes, you got 30 minutes. We got programs down there. You don't have weights, you don't have to go to the gym. We can show you exercises that can that you need to work on that you can depend on and build that out and gain confidence. That's what I love What I'm hearing. It's allowed me to feel like a human. Human being, and I'm not trying to compete with superstar athlete. I'm not trying to compete against superstar regular person or superstar right. sprinter. Right. I'm competing with myself and having fun at it. And that's really, yeah. what, that's really what I keep hearing over and over when I hear you talk about the Driven to Win app is that it's designed for you, for you.
4: Yeah. And, and the thing is, one thing you just said, when people hear "workout," out, mm-hmm. I want you to split them two words up. Mm-hmm. They hear work and I'm out of there. Right. right? <laughs> they don't want any of that. Right right, <laughs> right, right, right. I've been doing that all day. Mm-hmm. You should think about workout being working on yourself, building the best you getting. That's your Oasis time for you to refill your cup. I don't care if it's a minute. I don't care if it's 30 minutes, 45 minutes, two hours, whatever the time that you need. Right. Because there's so many things that are going on outside of your workspace that you need to work on yourself. And so that's why you know, I built a lot of this because I had to work on myself to build something like this to give back to so many other people. Well,
3: you're and, doing uh, it. You're doing I, it. Go ahead. You're doing it. You're doing it. I love it. But I, I, before we wrap up, I, you mentioned Von Miller. That's another extension. I know there's male names, male athletes, but also I know you've, you're building out a female division with female athletes you're going to bring on board. Talk about the, how they play a role in your app Driven to Win.
4: Um, I, wanted to, I wanted to make everything the same. If it was male or female. Right. So, uh, Angela Daniel, you know, female mentor that's in there. She, if you, once you click on her, right. every single thing that I filmed, she filmed too as well. Mm-hmm. So everything is approachable. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you look at me and you're like, man, I can't do anything that Demarcus is doing. Guess what? <laughs> click on her. She's doing the exact same thing. She's going to have the same, uh, motto. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can actually follow her. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I wanted to do is make it as approachable as possible. Because when people look at me, well, they'll say, that's a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. He's been doing it all his life. Great. I should be the best mentor for you, telling you how you need to live the driven spirit, but also show you the modifications of the easiest way to do things all the way to the advanced way of doing things. Because I've experienced it all, but also she's experienced it all mm-hmm. as well. And you'll be able to see that.
3: Well, he's a he's a legend. All, all NFL's all decade team, Super Bowl champion. You know. Um... Dallas Cowboy, they they, they need him, and about four five more legends to come back <laughs> right now. But more importantly, we here to talk about Driven to Win. This amazing new Apple iPhone that's available. Uh, I, I this guy's a star. He's a he's always uh, whether I've seen him on uh, you know specials or just talking about life, about motivation, talking about his family. He's always straight out of Alabama. He's an Alabama boy. You know, Southern right. boy. Uh, Troy. You know. Uh, you know. That's the funny thing about it. You know, when you when you like people, you learn about them. And he's a person that, you know, here's the thing about it. But what I love about him, he has an app now, and he's so futuristic. He's going to be on the cutting edge where eventually he's going to appear in your home, in your kitchen, working out with you. Because I know where he's going with this. I see it already. Technology is going to allow people like him to come in and tell you to get up out of bed, and then they're going to start doing workouts with you. Let's go. This is just the, this is the early stages of that. But importantly, you can download it. It has a monthly subscription tied to it. But do your research. It's a five-star app, y'all. That's important to hear. No complaints. People are loving it. It just dropped. Be the first. Start planning your your New Year's resolution now. You know, driven to win, make it part of your motto, make it part of your, 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 your ability oh, to yeah. win in life, you know, get your, your, your relationships right, get your eating right. All those things I I always plan on. I would tell this to Marcus, you know, in that fourth quarter, I'd start working on my taxes. I start working on what my, my budget for the first quarter. And also I start working on myself. And so that's why I'm inspired to have you on the show to talk about your new fitness app. Anything you want to wrap up about?
4: I I think one of the things that you just said, the fourth quarter, the fourth quarter is when all the magic happens Mm -hmm. that prepares you for the first quarter. Right. So in this December, going into, you know, that first quarter, Mm -hmm. you know, you had Thanksgiving, right. (laughs) You had to get all, I already had to get all the Christmas gifts for the family. I had to get 17 families of Christmas gifts. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like the fourth quarter is when I prepare for the first quarter and not be behind saying that, New year, new me, January 1st, why can't you start now? Right. Because if you start now, you'll be a little bit more prepared to where you need to be because you set the goal early. And that's one thing that I tell people because I own a gym here called Three Volt Fitness. Mm-hmm. When they come in, I ask them, what are your goals? Right. What is your mentality? Right. If you come in here, if you put your fitness plans in my hands, I want to make sure that you get the results. But one thing I don't want you to do is give up on me. Right. I want you to do it for your standard, not my standard. I want you to just not stop what you're doing, and the results will come
3: tremendously no matter what. Cool. Demarcus, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on Money Making Conversations. Uh, amazing. You can download his app on the iPhone. It's called Driven to Win, uh, D2, D2W. Well, I can't get that out. Yep. D2W. <laughs> D2W. Again, it's great seeing you again, man. You look amazing. And uh, again, uh, you're a testament to who the person I feel that you will always be, and that's special. Thank you, man. Thank okay. you. You're a Pro Bowler in life, Pro Bowler on the field. Guess what? Got a Pro Bowl winning app, y'all. Driven to win. This hype time, baby. Hype time. Let me stop because you, know, you know I'm out of shape. I'm about to fall out on my own show. All right, DeMarcus, thank you, my friend. Bye-bye. All right, boy. Take care. All right. If you want to hear more Money Making conversation interviews, please go to my YouTube channel or my podcast, moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host. My next guest is Eduardo Jordan. He was born and raised in St. Petersburg, Florida, and attended college at the University of Florida. I know he's happy right now because, you know, <laughs> that football team, you know, make it in the college football playoffs. After graduating with dual degrees in business administration and sports management, Jordan decided to enroll in culinary school at the Le- 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 Cordon Blue in Orlando, Florida, and his life shifted from business to food. Chef Jordan is a 2017 James Beard Award finalist and received the prestigious 2018 James Beard Award for Best Chef Northwest and Best New Restaurant for June Baby Restaurant. Currently, his pimento cheese is in Whole Foods, Met Market, Ken Market, and more to come. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations. I'm calling a good friend because I've shared a meal at June Babies. I know how good it is. Eduardo Jordan.
5: (laughs) How are you? Thanks for having me.
3: Well, you know, it was funny, man. I was, uh, you know, my wife, our anniversary is in December last year. And, uh, and so yeah. we were just trying to figure out a place to go. And uh, and I said, well, you know, she had read reviews on your restaurant, you know. And uh, and your restaurant is really, reason I love your restaurant because it's in the Northwest part of the country, but it has a Southern <laughs> menu, okay? That cornbread, that biscuits and all that. So tell us about bringing a Southern menu to the northwest part of the country and i want to tell everybody the place had a line at the door so i felt <laughs> fortunate to get in when i got in and this was in the month of december of last year so talk yeah. to about that menu coming northwest like that eduardo well
5: you know I'm, I'm a classically trained chef i um always dreamed of opening my own restaurant mm-hmm. uh, and i now have three restaurants but my first restaurant was all about my culinary journey. It was about um, expressing my whole journey as a professional chef. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, as I built my platform and and had a microphone to start speaking, I realized that I needed to do more and share my story as an African-American chef. Mm -hmm. Um, And I opened up the doors to June Baby. And yes, we're about you know 2,500 miles away from the (laughs) South, but uh, I'm here, I'm here in Seattle and I wanted to express myself, my ancestors, my mom, my grandmother, all the foods that made me who I am. And so um, that was the birth of June Baby, pretty much.
3: Now, uh, I know I mentioned something, a couple of things on the menu. Can you break down some of the southern items that are on that menu from your standpoint and why you decided to, you know, I would say take a risk. But then that food, that culinary experience or experience, a food experience wasn't up there. So I yeah. have to say it was a risk. But you, you but you but you to you did your sampling and you did it. Talk about adding different things and why you did
5: why I did it. Yeah. I mean, there, there's so much to it. You know, when, when I opened up June baby Southern food was a cool thing again, and all the cool restaurants that were Southern were ran by white male chefs. Mm-hmm. And what I knew I needed to do is open up a restaurant that represented my perspective as a black man, mm-hmm. as a black chef, mm-hmm. um, from my perspective, from my lens. And so the foods that I ate as a youth, is the ones that I wanted to have on the menu and right. done from a chef perspective, still mm-hmm. like elevated. Grandma went to culinary school kind of feel.
4: Right.
5: Um, so you'll see things on my menu like neck bones. We're talking about pork neck bones, you know, with rice. Had it. Um, You're going to see <laughs> chitlins on my menu. You're going to see hogma on my menu. I and mean, we got some of the southern classic staples like pimento cheese yes. and we got like boiled peanuts and fried okra. That Sunday fried chicken, things Mm -hmm. of that nature are there, but I'm also opening people's eyes to like, you know, other ingredients that made up the South before the South became commercialized um, by these franchise restaurants, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Beneces and you know the birth of various collard greens, not just one particular collard greens. You got like blue blue vein collard greens. You got your Georgia collard greens. You know, you got. You know, soft skin collard greens. You got your mustard greens. You got your turn up So I'm bringing that all to light in this restaurant. And what I tell people is that, like, I pretty much put on horse blinders and didn't let anyone distract me. And I actually made the food that I wanted to cook, the food that like my, I grew up on, the food that like I knew was my heart
3: and my soul. And, and more importantly, good food, though. Good food. Amen. Now, now, like like I told everybody, when I went up there last December, uh, the restaurant was packed. Uh, The service was outstanding. Uh, no one not say that because he knows. I just went in as a customer. You know, I didn't want to. I don't like going into an experience where you know people put extra shine on you because they know who you are and things like that. And right the service, the food was outstanding. You know, and uh, and uh, he also they also know I pay for my food. I don't go in there <laughs> looking for hey, a hookup or a discount because you're a small business. And with that being said, with COVID nineteen hitting small business, bi- spec- black <laughs> or white. The restaurant right. business has been confusing as to how to operate under COVID-19. Talk about what's yeah. going on with your business right now.
5: Yeah, I mean, this has been an up and down year, a blessing and a curse to a certain degree. Um, you know, sadly, we did have to close the restaurant down and pivot into the takeout program. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I got three restaurants, like I said earlier, one of them is a small little grain bar, which was kind of like a, a overflow to June Baby right next door, mm-hmm. served, served cocktails and little bites and everything. We had to close that down it was a small location so we can't even fit anyone in there technically under mm-hmm. the restrictions so um, all the restaurants um, pivoted into takeout my um, first restaurant solari we did um, a community kitchen for the first seven to eight months feeding uh, families with food insecurities um, restaurant workers and those uh, who are displaced out of jobs for free mm-hmm. um, we served over twenty-six thousand meals for free and we're still doing um, small takes on that um, along with doing takeout Um, You know, it it sucks because, like, I lost a lot of staff. I had to lay off a lot of people to actually keep the business alive. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, those are the adjustments and the the pivots that we had to make. Um, But we're surviving. We're we're doing okay just because we had to change our business plan to a certain degree. Um, I say that, too, because, like, there has been so many blessings this year in Mm -hmm. disguise, um, you know, from, from me being able to create my clothing line, my chitlin clothing line, to mm-hmm. getting pimento cheese into grocery stores, to opening up, up other outlets to bring in revenue, to one, sustain me personally mm-hmm. as a business person, mm-hmm. um, and then two, to sustain the business so that I do have the opportunity to grow when this pandiv- pandemic is over, rather right. than um, you know shrink. You know, I'm right. I'm still having a growth. Um, process in my head when I'm thinking about what's next for me and not trying to like, you know Cuddle up and, and, and sit back like I'm I'm thinking, you know, I I, I want to be able to succeed after this year
3: Well, you know the thing about it that I love about talking to a small business person who had to pivot Is that you've you've learned some things about your business model Some things That's that cold. you would not have made these adjustments So what are the adjustments that you will maintain once we get to a sense of normalcy once the vaccines out there and people will be re-trafficking your restaurants that are in white neighborhoods by the way i want to let you know okay. his, his, his restaurants aren't buried he's african-american they're not buried in a black neighborhood they're in white neighborhoods which we'll talk about in a minute but let's talk yeah. about the, the changes that you had to make and why
5: right on um, you know, there were a few changes that I had to make and things that I will keep in the long run. The restaurant industry, we we survive on very thin, razor thin margins. And right. so um, our biggest cost to date is always our labor. So, you know, one thing I had to look at is either lowering the labor in the long run or increasing the revenue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so means to to be able to um, balance that out. Like we didn't we weren't a takeout restaurant before, but we're going to have to implement take out into our normal business plan in mm-hmm. general moving forward mm-hmm. um, so that we can at least, if we're going to keep the same staff that we have the revenue to maintain that right. staff and also build a better profit in the long run. So right. there's th- those those are some of the auxiliary things that we are incorporating into our business plan. Also like the retail aspect, um, adding in more catering um, projects. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all about, you know, bringing in more revenue at right. this stage. Now right. if we're trying to maintain that same Uh, business costs. Um, You know, other than that, like, yeah, we're analyzing like what our costs were before and like how we can um, shrink those costs down. Like how can we run a restaurant less full service, but still offer the same type of service? Is that better training, better education for our staff so they can be more efficient? Are we bringing in more technology into our restaurant now so that we can make um, ordering and, and reordering and and service a little bit more streamlined. Those are all the things that we're thinking about and implementing right now into the restaurant to to make it sustainable.
3: Right. You know, it's really interesting because, you know, a lot of small businesses, you see that that take out of that to go principle in the chains, you know, because they understand they, they understand that model. When you're a small business, sometimes you don't want to like, you know, you want to fight to hold that 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 flavor, that taste, that authenticity of the experience. And sometimes you're afraid. They're like, you know, will my chicken tastes good at their house and I could potentially lose them as a customer or if they sure. were a customer, they may not come back. Is that right. is that some of the stuff that played into your mind prior to making these changes before COVID forced you?
5: Yeah, you totally hit it. You know, as small business owners, we are super stubborn. A lot of times we're so stubborn because like we came in with a certain mindset and direction and we did not know how to pivot. We have been forced (laughs) to pivot and get creative again. Mm -hmm. And that allows us to open the doors to new opportunities and understand that like our way may not have been the only way. It may have been the best way at that point in time. But our new pivot, our new direction is going to probably be the best direction now. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, like we I was super stubborn before. There are certain things that I didn't want to do because like I'm chef. I didn't mm. want to compromise anything. I didn't want to see my fried chicken go out cold. Right. You know, it needed to be piping hot. It needed to be extremely the crispy. Bread, it needed to be and at the
3: cornbread, biscuits. Table in Come on now.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so all of that went into play. And then when I had to put chicken into a box, uh huh. Your out is a right. whole different mindset. Like wow, like this can happen. We can right. do this. Right. Right.
3: <laughs> now you're not. It really is really because you know you don't want. And there's nothing negative, but you didn't get in the business to be Kentucky Fried Chicken. You didn't get Correct. in the business to be Popeyes. And that. Mentality plays into, I don't want to be that. But unfortunately, the times call for you to think like that. We'll be
2: right back with
3: more from Rashawn McDonald and Money-Making Conversations. Don't touch that
2: It's finally here, the season of celebration. And no matter how you celebrate with family and friends, whether you're preparing for Reyes Magos or Karamu, lighting the menorah, or going to Midnight Mass, Kohl's has just what you need to make those traditions special. Plus, you'll find gifts for all your loved ones. You're right where you belong. So this season, give with all your heart with great gifts from Kohl's or Kohl's.com.
6: This report is brought to you by Humana. If you're a veteran on Medicare, there are Medicare Advantage plans that complement the coverage you get through the VA. Ed Sandrick is director of Humana's Veterans Channel. How does a Medicare Advantage plan work with VA benefits?
7: A Medicare Advantage plan can complement uh, the health care services and benefits that a veteran gets at the, through the VA. The Medicare Advantage plans that Humana offers, particularly the Humana Honor Medicare Advantage plan, which was designed with veterans in mind who use the VA, works side by side. As I said, it, it kind of complements the VA health care. An individual can go to the VA for the services that he or she wants or needs at the VA and is eligible for, and also can use the uh, Medicare Advantage Network uh, as well, side by side. They don't uh, interrupt one another. Um, there are some myths and misconceptions among the veteran community that it, they may jeopardize their VA healthcare should they use original Medicare or Medicare Advantage. That's just not the case.
6: For more information, visit Humana.com slash Medicare.
3: Hi, I am Rashawn McDonald, host of MoneyMakingConversation.com. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award is a celebration of black men making a difference in our community by empowering others to reach their life goals. They can be civic leaders, people in business, activists, celebrities, and everyday dads. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award honoree this week is Jermaine Dupree. His age of 17 did not limit his dreams. Now, a multi-Grammy award-winning producer, Jermaine Dupree, with over 400 million records sold a date, is a member of the Songwriters Hall of Fame and is one of the most successful producers in the music industry today.
1: I had to go through so much as a younger person to get older people to even have a conversation with me. So therefore... I listen to younger people because they have amazing ideas. But the execution of them ideas, when you're young, you don't know how to do it. I had TLC and Crisscross at the same time, but I was too young to know what to do with both of them at the same time. The
3: Cafe Mocha Swag Award represents men who have strength, whose wisdom is assertive, and who is genuine in their spirit. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. To think about mass marketing, thinking about if your restaurant's packed and you can still do 25% additional income from people doing to-go, or curbside pickup, you go, wow, I didn't have to Pay anybody extra for this? To, to they, do that, they, correct. They, do the
5: math at the end of the year and I guarantee you you'll start changing your mind. <laughs> right, right. And that's what you've done. <laughs> that right. I need to start thinking outside the box.
3: And that's that's the beautiful thing about it. And so but then then again it's all about who you are. You're a successful African American chef you know in the business uh, i always talk about uh, hbcus there's so many there's so many people graduate from hbcus and i would tell people white college to get credit for it? because people don't know the amount of education that comes out of hbcus because of right. the food network and cooking channel you start to see more through competitions you're starting to see more black bakers more black chefs but there still is a hidden secret about who you guys are yeah. talk about that experience of being a successful uh owner not only a chef, but an entrepreneur and an owner uh, in Seattle and the rest of the country. Because I've had Samuels on my show has become like a a sounding board for uh, for high profile chefs and starter <laughs> chefs, and I like that. I really do love that. And so, but talk about your experience being a, a young man coming from the south, going north, and being yeah. being dominated and also winning James Beard's, which is the which is the Oscar of the restaurant business. Talk about that.
5: Yeah. Um, I tell you what, I mean, everyone's like, you're so young. I'm like, I don't feel young anymore because (laughs) I've been through the hoops. I've ran through Mm the fire. I stepped on the stones and cut my feet and bruised my knees and, you know, rusty old ashy elbows because like they've been working. I've been working hard, you Mm -hmm. know, and I think people come into this restaurant industry thinking it is easy. It's a novelty. It's like this is like what I want to do as a side gig. Um. This is a career, and mm-hmm. I when I set myself to go into the restaurant world, I made it my career, and was career-minded. But mm-hmm. prior to getting into the restaurant industry, I went to the University of Florida. I got a degree in business. I understood that like it, it's it's hard work, it's dedication, it's understanding the the numbers. Um, it's more than just like cooking behind a stove. It's PR and marketing. Um, there's there's relationships that you have to build. There's networking. There's a friendly face that you have to, to have also that will open up these doors. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of chefs came in this mentality, came, came with this mentality. I'm cooking behind the stove. That's all I do. I'm making good food. Don't talk to me. Right. Uh, and I come I come with a smiling face and ready to conversate and ready to share my story. Mm-hmm. And more than anything, like there is a story behind what I do. There's heart and soul. There's not me just cooking carefree food. Um, And so, like, there's a whole business, like, built into that whole, 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 like, bubble that I've just created that, like, is easily um, supported because people believe in it. They see it. They understand it. They see a minority, a young black chef, like, in this industry, like, hustling his butt off. Mm -hmm. So it's a combination of all of that. You know, it's a little bit of dedication, passion, love, Mm -hmm. um, grit. Like all of that is like and we can go through and define all of that. But like all of that is packaged into like what I do.
3: Well, two things I want to bring up the chitling clothing line, which I knew yeah. nothing about. OK, was that was it out when I came up there and to visit your restaurant? It,
5: it was it was right in the beginning stages. We were um, we were looking for um, some tailors, some some um, designers. So we were we were I was scrambling hard like uh <laughs> I always got multiple things going right, on, right, so like right, right. you know, because I
3: knew nothing about that. Tell us about that line. Was it t-shirts, caps? What is it? What is it?
5: Yeah, so um, I should have wore one today, but um, I, I have a line of um, crew neck shirts or sweatshirts, uh-huh. um, some hoodies, and I'll be bringing on some other items. But um chitlins have been a, a very intimate part of my whole story from from day one as a youth to me opening up June Baby where. I ate chillings all my life like it was part of like my my food it's what my grandmama um cooked for us on you know these special days is what we Eduardo, had don't act like Sunday you by yourself
3: i've been eating them too now i my dad used to bring the hog to the house okay nice and we, and we cut it up so we we got it bringing those intestines into the bathtub cleaning them up. Oh, oh my pushing god water through. come on now the,
1: you, you like didn't that, that whole, the whole process like
3: <laughs> i mean this is a whole longer
5: story i don't even know how much time we have but like if you think about the test Techniques and 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 ingenuity that went into like making chitlins into something edible. Yes, like it, it blows your mind. First okay. of all, for those who like don't know what chitlins are, they're like, pig intestines. Mm-hmm. You know, these are offals the things that the the white man got rid of and said the slaves need to eat. Mm-hmm. You you can have that to feed your family. Mm-hmm. And so that story is like a lineage of like who I am. And when I talked about chitlins as a kid, I got ridiculed that I ate chitlins. So I kind of turned my back onto talking about my food. And so, you know, some 30 years later, when I decided to open up my own Southern restaurant, I decided to put chitlins on the menu and be proud and loud about chitlins because that is part of my heritage. Mm -hmm. So chitlins been on my menu since day one of opening June Baby. Mm -hmm. And I realized like there's a bigger story that need to be told and so I proudly start putting chitlins on a shirt. Right, right, right. And then right. people said, I want that shirt. Right. <laughs> I want that shirt. And so I literally went through a whole trademarking process, got right. a trademark. Right. And now I have a um, chitlins line of clothing. Um, and we're, we're, we're proudly talking about chitlins because it's more than just the food now. It's the story. It's the history. It's the the, the, the perseverance. It's the the ingenuity. It's, it's all of that that people... Our people, many people eat chitlins, you know, across this world in in some fashion, but, Mm -hmm. you know, just talking about my history and my folks, it's just like what they had to do to make chitlins into something out of nothing, to feed the family, to feed the country, growing cotton and rice and, and, and shucking okra and selling it and getting nothing out of it, like... You know, this is this is like just paying homage and and, and paying respect and showing love. And it's more than the food now. So it's a story.
3: It's a a great story. And are you a white rice and hot sauce chitlin's eater? Or how are you? I I am. That
5: is a straight classic for me. I I heard like everything else, like potatoes and things like, like I'm straight rice.
3: Hot sauce. Was, put some pepper on there. I tell it's you, I, good, I, love, I, sauce. I, I love chitlins. And so, and like I said, I grew up in a up in the hood, man. My dad would go, uh, he was a truck driver. He'd go in the country. Cause we live in houston texas Living in the yeah. hood he go and get, get a get a hog and they bring that hog home we made hog head cheese you know had mm-hmm. all the ham all that stuff we made the pig feet we ate the pig feet pig yeah. ears we uh we of course we did the chitlin so that hog i don't think that hog left that house i, I think he came <laughs> in eduardo and uh and left but you knew when we got to the to the chitlin part Everybody but, in the neighborhood knew what they the man- knew oh. what was going. <laughs> Everybody knew, because you have to really, and, and also, when you talk about that, you really do have to clean it out. You have to clean that, yeah. because you know, so, so this can get you, you can get sick if yeah. you read, if you, as they say, you uh, eat chitlins that have been cleaned properly. And stuff like Correct. that, and bar properly, and things like that. So it really is a science to all of this, and that's why I wanted to make sure. And I'm kind of mad at you because now I got to go online and get. When I could have been up there and took a photo with you when we took yeah. a photo together, could have had a Chitlin' t-shirt up, uh, 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 shirt up, a hoodie on. But I, I'm definitely going to order one online because that's exciting to me because I'm a big fan. And I tell my staff I eat Chitlin', they go. Ew!
5: Yeah, exactly. That, don't, that, don't, that, that's what I me. got as a kid.
3: It don't phase me, brother. Don't even phase me. <laughs> and I forgot crackers. Hey, now, now it doesn't phase me. Now it doesn't phase <laughs> me.
5: I, I think, like as a kid, and not like even teaching my little boy now, it's just mm-hmm. like don't be afraid of your history and your stories because, yes. like yeah, as a kid, I didn't know how to defend myself at that right, moment. Right, right, and, right. And now we we give our we give some fire, we give some weapons now to be able to professionally um defend ourselves now right. uh, in our history.
3: Now let's talk about the pimento cheese, which I did t- sample at your restaurant, which was fantastic. Okay. Like I said, I would just tell you what I when we sat down we ate we went through the <laughs> we, we went through the menu just enjoying everything i don't think i don't think chitlins i wasn't seasonal i don't think they were on the menu at the time but uh, but other than that we tried everything and enjoyed everything and 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 the whole experience was the service but now the pimento cheese tell us how they got started how it became a signature dish and how did yeah. you get it into whole foods and Met market and Ken market
5: totally um wow that the secondary part was the whole process of getting to the re- retail stores but mm-hmm. um But pimento cheese for me was just like, you know, it was that iconic southern spread. You know, you you got like your your hog head cheese spreads that you can have sometimes and Mm -hmm. you got your pimento cheese Mm -hmm. Um, and pimento cheese is like everyone knows pimento cheese. Mm -hmm. Everyone had it. Everyone goes to that corner store, even the grocery store in the south. And there's like five different pimento cheese you can pick from. Mm and I've had a ton of pimento cheese in my lifetime, mm-hmm. but nothing really impressed me. And so my mission was like, if I'm going to put pimento cheese on the menu, it's going to be the best pimento cheese out there. And um, when I developed the recipe, I knew it was a winner. And, um, you know, we've had it on the menu again from day one, like chitlins, and people requested it. They like asked, can I get tubs of it? Can I, when are you going to get this into the grocery stores? And mm-hmm. when COVID hit us and the pandemic kind of slowed right. us down, mm-hmm. um, I was already in talks with Whole Foods um, by doing like, we were going to do this special uh, event with the pimento cheese. And so they pretty much held my hand through the whole process of mm-hmm. getting it into um, Whole Foods. And we're, we're locally here in Washington and right. Oregon State right mm-hmm. now. And mm-hmm. we're working hard to find a co-packer that we can get into California and then go nationwide. So um, soon soon to be Soon to be In get, your neighborhood Get back down south wow. To
3: Texas And Atlanta And Georgia And all yes, that South Carolina Where, where, where it, belongs. Hey, where it so
5: belongs When I say that When I say that Secondary process Is so hard It's so hard To like jump To that retail mm-hmm. um, Retail aspect The consumer goods There's so many Loops and, and hoops That you got to Go through um, But we're we're working Hard to get it Nationwide within the next year.
3: I'm talking to uh, Chef Jordan in 2017, James Beard, award-winning finalist and he re- received the prestigious 2018 James Beard Award for Best Chef Northwest and Best New Restaurant for June Baby Restaurant. That's where I dined with my lovely wife and had a great time. And I, I love to be able to say that, you know, to be able to say I, I went up to Seattle, Washington, and, you know, spent a weekend out there and dined at your restaurant. That's one of my favorite travel stories and, 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 and building your brand out, you know, and I, we talk about the pimento cheese. We talk about the Chitlin line. We talk about pivoting and, and doing things that you were stubborn about doing from an entrepreneurial standpoint. You say, "Hey, this is how I want my brand to be be uh, served." And now you realizing, okay, it still will be served that way, but we're now with options, and uh, and options allow you to be. So I, I like the fact I like about the pimento cheese. And I like about the t-shirt. I call that mailbox money. You know, people can go online, <laughs> buy your t-shirt, you get a check in the mail. You know, yes, that's the beauty of what you're trying to do with your brand. And that's why you're growing. That's why I can't wait till it, you know, you expand and come down in the south with that pimento cheese, because that's yes, amazing mailbox money. But oh uh, yeah, uh, law man, uh, you know, we we know what what the, as a black business owner and uh, the PPP checks were supposed to be distributed out there to the small business owner. How did that affect your business during the COVID-19? Were you able to participate in PPP or what?
5: Yeah, I mean, whew, it was a scramble at the beginning. We we missed the first round, and I say I say that lightly because we did everything proper and appropriate to get that loan. And so, like, we were we're literally pulling our head our hair out. I'm um, right. saying like, what are we gonna do? Luckily, they had a second round. We got approved. We didn't get approved from as much as I I, I thought we were gonna get approved mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a kind of a turning point for me. I I realized that. As a business owner, a small business owner, as a minority business owner, I could not depend on anyone else saving my businesses. And right. I needed to do whatever I needed to do right. to be creative enough to keep my businesses alive. And that's when, like, the pivoting started happening hard for me and making the proper adjustments to to, to be a business person. Um, and I didn't depend on the government to bail me out. Um, and, and some people need that. Like, that's... It's, it's the curse of 2020, but like I didn't want to be part of that curse. I wanted to like, actually capitalize on this opportunity to to be a really good businessman, and right. we've done well mm-hmm. despite this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've had many opportunities. I've actually I now became 100% owner of all my businesses. Congratulations! In 2020, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm gonna go back years from now okay. and say like. During a pandemic, I was able to become 100% owner of my businesses. Like, that's mind-blowing for me. Right. Mm-hmm. But yes, we've had some hurdles. We had some hiccups. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, this year has been a blessing and a curse, but it has taught me a lot. I've grown a
3: lot. Mm-hmm. seen a lot. Well, cool. Well, I, I did something during the pandemic. I bought me a building in Atlanta, a big old yes. office building, a one acre property, standalone, And in it, it has a full kitchen. That's why I love this building. It's a full kitchen, the oven, it's everything, you know. And so I've been inviting favorite uh, chefs like you over the over over the past few months saying, hey, I'd love to do a zoom zoom. You cook something, I cook something. If you have time, it's no pressure. Yeah, you know, I, I love to. I'd love to cook some chitlins in my office. And you run all my staff out. (laughs) You're
5: gonna run them them out the office.
1: (laughs) And I don't everything. I don't care I don't, I don't care I'm running by
3: my office you could be in Seattle Washington you could come that, they waving me off not the chitlins not the chitlins but I'd love to do anything you know, else I'd love for us to do something via Zoom yeah Zorro. no that's you awesome know, you, and, you, and, you and
5: congratulations it. to you
3: yeah yeah because that's what I am mean. I'm having fun with my life man I'm having fun to be able to speak to people I would call a friend I call your friend uh, because of your Businessman, you're an entrepreneur, you're understanding that there are some setbacks, but they don't beat you. They, you don't let them win. And totally. uh, again, like you said, you've taken control of your voice, your business, your brand. And I had to do the same thing. You know, it's like, you know, I had I, I, buy this building and, uh, and allow me to finally stamp my resume of what I can do and what when people are confident, what I can accomplish when people come to my space and they walk in the door they go, wow. Okay, so yeah. the resume they see the Emmys, they see the Image Awards, they see these posters, autograph famous people. I've managed over the years, Or been associated with year and that's all you doing with your brand. And so, so I, I want to thank you for coming back on the show. I know we missed her uh, last slid. week, but Eduardo, man, you're one of my favorite man. I, I love you, man. I, I like I said, I support you. I, I need to get a link for the Chidlin T-shirt.
5: Yes, now you go they, to you go to JuneBabySeattle.com cool. and we'll then get go that. to our shop area. Now,
3: can they, now are the uh, pimento cheese is that being shipped? It can be we, we're working
5: on getting that shipped. So, like okay. in the meantime, um, you know, give us about a month or so. We okay. we will we're starting to um get a process to get that shipped out um to nationwide. Well, so.
3: let us team know immediately and then we'll schedule a time and figure out something real, real easy to make. Just have fun talking and do it. you make it your way. Whether it's cornbread, I do my cornbread yeah. down in Houston. We do, do have it Atlanta. ready for you. We'll, we'll do that and get it hooked up. So thank you for coming on the show, Eduardo. My pleasure, brother. <laughs> we talk soon, okay? That's yes, my man Take Eduardo. Care. he's June Every restaurant, sweet out of Washington, he wants some chitlins. He got it up there in the northwest part of the country because he's from the south. Again, this is Rashad McDonald. I'm your host. If you want to hear anything on Money Making Conversations, please go to MoneyMakingConversations.com or subscribe on my YouTube channel.
7: Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tomorrow's Mega Millions jackpot is over 300 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player funding.
8: Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you. Their fearless guide to this fascinating world.
1: Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org.
3: Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.
7: Hi, everyone. Al Roker here.
4: As a guy with his own catchphrase, I appreciate that Smokey's only said,
7: Only you can prevent wildfires.
4: But I'm filling in because there's a lot more to report. Like when there are parched or windy conditions out there, you've got to be extra careful with things like
0: burning yard waste, After all, wildfires can start anywhere, even in your neck of the woods. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council.
3: Thank you. We'll be right back with more from Rashawn McDonald and Money-Making Conversations don't touch that dial. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the Work and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24/7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention Code Money M-O-N-E-Y, or visit CarShield.com and use Code Money M-O-N-E-Y to save 10%. That's CarShield.com Code Money. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. My next guest is Andrea. Is Andrea Andrea? Andrea. Andrea L. Collins. Andrea has over 15 years of experience in the investment management industry. She began her career at Morgan Stanley Wealth Management, where she specialized in portfolio management for high net worth individual investors and foundation. She is active in the community an avid supporter of the arts and frequently teaches financial literacy workshops for schools and organizations and is a proud member of Delta Sigma Theta. I bow down. I bow down. I'm a proud member of Omega Sci Fi. I bow down. Yes. <laughs> Please welcome the Money Making Conversation, Andrea Thank L. You. Collins. <laughs> Thank
9: you for having me. Thank you for know, You
3: know, because you know, Kamala, Kamala Harrison become the mm-hmm. VP elect, you know, you know, AKA is getting all that love out there because they of Kamala. They are. They are.
9: You know, it's, it's Greek love, though. It's all love.
3: You there you know? go. Anybody <laughs> who wants to recognize, you know, and, and as they say, yeah. be black. That's what being yep. thats what being a, a fraternity member is, is, is really uh, sowing the, um, the roots of, uh, of where you come from and uplifting. It, sure it. is. And so how important was it? You know, I know it's in your resume and I, I, we tease a little bit. I know importance yep. of what Omega Sci-Fi did for my career. I, I, I pledged while I was in college and I always tell people it altered my whole thought process as far as goal setting because I was just yep. wandering around in college and was confused. And then I pledged and it gave me my first goal that I accomplished in life outside of graduating. How did it affect your life, Delta Sigma Theta?
9: You know, it had a huge impact on my life. And um, even prior to me pledging in college, because I, you know, pledged at Berkeley, Kappa Chapter. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I think back to even my childhood Mm -hmm. growing up, the women that I watched in church, mm-hmm. you know, were members of uh, Delta Sigma Theta, you know, some of them were AKAs. And so just watching these women and how progressive they were, how mm-hmm. involved in, their, in they were in our community, mm-hmm. how uh, professional they were, and, you know, the achievements that they were able to make and the strides that they constantly made, not only personally, but professionally. And then they had that outward exhibition of those successes. Right. And not only so successes, but struggles and, you know, feats and obstacles that they encountered Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. I think just the main impact that it had on me growing up, because it wasn't like I came from a family, you know what I mean? Or a legacy uh, within my family uh, that were uh, part of sororities and fraternities. But like I said, the woman that I was able to uh, watch growing up, whether it was in church or mentors, or mm-hmm. organizations that I was involved in mm-hmm. and did a lot of volunteer work, that example was sort of set before I got to college. And then when I got on the campus, of course, you know, it was just like mm-hmm. loud and clear because at that point you're able to be a part <laughs> of it. And You know what I mean? And you, you meet like minded mm-hmm. people, men right. and women Absolutely. or young adults that mm-hmm. have the same goals in mind that basically are cut from the same Cloth when it comes to like values, their goals, you know, who they are to their core and mm-hmm. what their intentions and desires are, you know, for their families and the community at large. So, mm-hmm. yeah, very impactful. Uh, love my sorority sisters to death,
3: you know. <laughs> awesome. And, you know, because I, I I graduated from University of Houston, which is a predominantly black white campus, you know, 35,000. Yes. And it's really funny because, you know, if you go you went to a school like me where was a dominant white attendees exactly and so exactly. you know you had that little core blacks you know mm-hmm. they looked like a lot of them till you really say you know i think it was like uh, maybe 2500 black students it, on campus right, at the time right, but it felt right. like it was ten thousand of us it how it was did. that experience for you <laughs> <laughs> you know
9: to be honest with you uh while we were there and the alphas had they had a campaign or a represent campaign mm-hmm. that still stands out in my mind even though it was so many years ago and I still have the T-shirt to prove it. Mm-hmm. But we would walk <laughs> around proudly because, because, I mean, our statistic then was less than 2.3% of mm-hmm. the population. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, it felt like so many of us because mm-hmm. we're just a dynamic force right. when we congregate right. and come mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. It could be two, five, you know, where two or more are gathered. It's mm-hmm. really that philosophy, mm-hmm. and I think, in our community. And we're so dynamic and strong and you know impactful when we do come together collectively that sometimes the force feels way greater than what we actually are representing in numbers and i mm-hmm. think that like that's the beauty you know of our community and what it's comprised of the ability that we have to have so much of an impact you know what i mean Absolutely. and Create this dynamic force, even mm-hmm. with so many, so few of us, you know, Absolutely. representing in this p- particular space.
3: Yeah, I knew you would relate to that with that whole idea yeah. of us, you know. Have yeah. We seemed like it was so many of us, and then you realize when you looked at the number, there's not many of us at all. There's but not such a that many, yeah, you know. Sure when about. I look
9: back at the pictures, like it, it felt like there were so many, like you said, <laughs> so many of us, but. Nevertheless, the impact was just as great. There you go. They were able to carry out the mission. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to be honest with you, Kappa Chapter is the 10th chapter Mm -hmm. out of uh, our sorority to be founded. Mm -hmm. In 1921, when I think about it, Black Mm -hmm. women were on the campus of UC Berkeley, not just going to school, but formulating the chapter Mm -hmm. and in sororities in the early 1900s at an institution like that. So there's a lot of pride in, in heritage that
3: along with it. Awesome. Well, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, I, I say, yeah. you know, we thought it was all going to be short term. And and then we talk about a high unemployment rate. We talk about we need a new mm-hmm. stimulus check and then uh, Black Friday comes around and you uh, is 9 billion dollars in online mm-hmm. sales uh, yeah. with Black Friday it, there was a right. 52% drop in in-store traffic we all knew why that was going to happen cuz pandemic and mm-hmm. people start offering sales prior to the Black Friday date and been, right. but the most significant thing of that was the was that 3.6 billion of that was tied to the smartphone and so mm-hmm. when i when i look at everybody's talking about you know, we we have a down economy. The stock market crossed over 30,000. All these right. numbers. Where is this money coming from, Ms. Collins?
9: Well, you know, to be honest with you, <laughs> I think that <laughs> it's a huge disparity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And even in the information that we're given, because mm-hmm. to be honest with you, in March, if we look at the statistic when we first entered into the pandemic, African-Americans or Blacks only uh, participated or owned at least about 1.6 percent of the corporate stocks in mutual funds mm-hmm. that were held on the market, while whites held 91 percent or 92 percent mm-hmm. of that value, mm-hmm. which means that as a Black community, we weren't able to capitalize on that some 45 percent semi gain of the S&P since March. You know, so that is a huge, I think, component for us to pay attention to, mm-hmm. even when it comes to ownership, wealth, the wealth gap that is also pervasive. You know, and that over mm-hmm. time, even with income and education, inequality decreasing, the wealth gap is perpetually rising amongst whites and blacks.
3: And that is really sad because of the fact that so basically you're saying, Rashad, look, there are people out there, the people who got money didn't really Yes. They always got to keep money or they have exactly. money. And that's why you see the, the basically uh, a rise in Black Friday. And then Cyber Monday, they're expecting to yeah. do 10 billion to 12 billion dollars right. in online sales. We know that Cyber Monday is online, at least yes. on Black Friday. Which that was Today, by the way. Right. Right. You know, and so and so which is really important for people to understand that. When I look at African-Americans, the technology game, you know, that's why I mentioned the fact that three point six billion of that was smartphones. Mm-hmm. Have we yet as a community started to understand the value of what that smartphone really is besides taking pictures and texting and talking on it?
9: Right. I think that as a community, we are we have the. Understanding of what the benefits and what we're how we, we could capitalize on that market, but it's not all it's not about having the wealth or the knowledge mm-hmm. that I mean, we always have that we throw around the quote, knowledge is power, right? But mm-hmm. I really believe knowledge is power, but it's not empowerment, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? You can read all the books and read all the articles, but if you're not empowered to be able to take on or or to be able to take the opportunity within what's going on in a cycle, Mm -hmm. then it really is not going to have any sort of long-term, sustainable, durable effect within our community. It's not going to be widespread. Right. So we may understand on the surface what the impact of this technology mm-hmm. sector is having on our lives and our society right now, but are we able to participate and partake in the benefits of that opportunity right now? And for me, or my understanding of that, it's 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 deeper than what's on the surface. You know, it's right. rooted in so many different uh disparities, you know, that are systemic mm-hmm. that Blacks long term, or for really our existence within this country, have not been able to partake in or at an equitable level. That prevents us from being able to capitalize on certain opportunities in certain mar- market cycles.
3: Well, you know, they, they I, I always I always bring that up because you know, whenever I do an interview, you know, people are always talking about budgets. You know, we we enter in the fourth quarter. We are in the fourth quarter, about to close out this year. Yeah. Any advice? You know, would you know? I doubt very serious if they pass a new stimulus package, and if they pass a new stimulus package. You know, you have what you have. We have the CDC saying you can delay the payment of the rent. Well, guess what? Mm-hmm. That delayed payment is due in January. Exactly. You know, the holiday tax that Donald Trump was, was trumpeting, you know, that bill is going to be due by April 2021. So you mm-hmm. have all these delays.
8: But right. how
3: can we overcome that? Or how we don't just wind up filing bankruptcy, which is unheard of word used mm-hmm. in the black community. How do we get over that financial hump without help?
9: Well, you know, to be honest with you, I really think that help is something that is a dire need within our community, Mm -hmm. you know, not just in our community, in our society, period. And we know that any sort of problem does not become a national crisis until everyone is affected. Mm -hmm. You know, these same struggle, the struggles that our nation is experiencing right now, blacks have been experiencing this. You know, for decades. Right. So now that it's become a national problem, of course, there's national help and national attention. And to some degree, we will be the benefactors of that. But it just, it, it to me, it just reiterates the importance of always having a plan and being mindful of what your strategy is and, right. and positioning yourself to be able to take, uh, you know, advantage of opportunities because every market moves in cycles. The, the housing market moves in cycles, education moves in cycles. Cycles, the stock market moves in cycles. And what goes up all eventually comes down. You know, that we, no one has a crystal ball of when that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But for instance, when the markets were at all time lows in March, how many of us were able to were prepared to be able to actually take advantage of those opportunities, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to buy things at such a low or discounted rate so, so that it sets you up to have more of a sustainable future things that resources that you're able to tap into in circumstances like this. So, yes, I, I definitely think that um, we're at a point now where so many people do need aid and assistance. Mm-hmm. that There there really is no way around that.
3: Absolutely. And uh, I'm talking to Andrea Collins. She has over 15 years of experience in the investment management industry. She began her career at Morgan Stanley Wealth Management. Um, you know, stock, that's. I've I've been dabbling in stock, you know. I, uh-huh. When I first started, you know, they say, you know buy the stock that you shop at. You know, if, I, if you uh-huh. go to Home Depot a lot, buy your stock in Home Depot. You go, right. you know, if you if you buy Apple computer, buy your stock in Apple or Dell, you buy your stock in Dell. It, are there some common sense um, uh, rules that once you do when it comes to being a novice or entering into stock game because of just playing on your experience because of the fact that that's what you do,
9: right? Right. I would say for anyone that's just starting out or a novice investor, the main thing that you need to Uh make sure that you pay attention to or incorporate into any sort of investment plan, and many of us have heard this word before, is diversification. There is no there there's no foolproof method to investing. Of course, the riskier your investments are, mm-hmm. the more you put yourself at um, you, you put yourself on an opportunity for high gains, but mm-hmm. also very, very low lows. And so. Having diversification or um, a mixed basket basket of assets basically hedges you against those risks and really prevents you from losing everything that you've invested in one fell swoop. Right. So when I say diversification, I mean. Types of assets that you own, you know, so whether it's real estate, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, CDs or money markets or any other sorts of cash equivalents, mm-hmm. which right now with interest rates being at an all time low, you know, high yield investor checking accounts or CDs, money markets are really not paying that
3: much. <laughs> no, nothing. <Come laughs> you are being really polite, Andrea. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> and that's why the black community or the community of color used to stash their money in some type exactly. of savings account.
9: Exactly. So there are, you know, there are, are alter- cash equivalents or alternatives in an environment like this, you know, so uh, utilize tapping into your resources. Of course, there's a boatload of information that's on the Internet that's readily at our fingertips, but you don't know what you don't know. You know, so Mm -hmm. the knowledge out there is endless. But like I said, if you don't know what you don't know, you don't even know what questions to ask. You don't know where to begin. But that's the importance of professionals like myself in our space. I feel like we have a duty to disseminate Mm -hmm. that information amongst our communities to make sure that our our community is knowledgeable and abreast of what their options are and Mm -hmm. what resources are available. So, yeah, diversification is the main thing, making sure you're not heavily Uh, allocated in one area over the other so that when you do experience the ups or downs in either sector or asset class, it's able to sort of balance out.
3: You're listening to Money-Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. Shield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a cover repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts. Contract or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work, and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24/7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention Code Money M-O-N-E-Y, or visit CarShield.com and use Code Money M-O-N-E-Y to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code money. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. We kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, how the, you know, like, you know, you hear all these dire statements about the economy this year, you know. First, we were locked down for two months, and then there was complaints that the $600 CARE Act check was really paying people more than what they had made in their daily income. Which is absolutely uh-huh. true. I want to add to that. That is true. My daughter, you know, she made like $1,500 a subway and she could have applied for the $600 CARES Week and walked over with $10,200. That was the total okay. amount of payment. Okay. So I agree that that system was broken, but it was it was processed in a in a rushed moment and America needed it because we shut down in a rush right. time and a dire time. But what always wonders to me, and you kind of said it earlier about, you know, we were setting records. I mean, I think month of July, you know, the stock market market set a record it mm-hmm. how could it be when you have millions of people being unemployed and then you have people filing for unemployment and then the stock market is just dancing up and down like it's everything's cool
9: right well I think you know we have to really realize that um, a huge part of what's portrayed even in the median wealth within mm-hmm. our country or economy and mean wealth meaning the average mm-hmm. wealth you know, of the black investor or black American is about one hundred and forty two thousand, whereas the mean wealth of the average white American is mm-hmm. nine hundred and eighty three thousand. So that huge disparity shows wow. the opportunity and who has the opportunity to partake in those type of uh, events or cycles. The money is there there. While there is a I mean, and we even saw this how split the, the country is during the, this Election. past election mm-hmm.
3: cycle 80 million you know? 73 million there
9: there's mm-hmm. a huge part of our country that is suffering and then mm-hmm. there's a huge part of our com- country that has been had the ability or the 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 capability to work from home without mm-hmm. a disruption in mm-hmm. income mm-hmm. you know work from home and they still have access to the internet mm-hmm. work from home and they're still able to contribute to the 401k's fidelity mm-hmm. put out a report recently that that so many of their 401k plans or investors that they actually are the administrator for have not, not only crossed the million dollar mark for the first time in U.S. history. Hundreds of thousands of 401k uh, investors or plan holders that Fidelity serves the administrator for uh, They've actually crossed that million dollar mark. And you ask the question, like, how is that possible (laughs) in a country that's so divided, where so many people are depending on government assistance, Mm -hmm. you know, not only for their next meal, but for housing, for utilities and but yet. Most people, even though they have the capability to tap into their 401k without a penalty this year, have not taken any loans or distributions Mm -hmm. or those that have has been very substantially low Mm -hmm. or not exceeded what they actually really, really need. Mm -hmm. So, again, to me, that just shows a huge economic disparity Mm -hmm. within our within our country and even amongst the middle class.
3: Wow. Now, a term I always get confused about financial literacy when I Uh hear that. What is financial literacy? And I know you're involved in financial literacy. Yeah. And how can a listener educate themselves on being financial financially literate?
9: Well, you know, I think that when it comes to financial literacy, and yes, you're right, I have taught many, many courses for organizations, Mm -hmm. for for elementary schools, um, even for high school students. And it never fails with each class, I have more than one student telling me, how come no one ever taught me this before? How come I didn't know this? Or where can I find out more about this? And then you have the few in the class that they're like, oh yeah, I have a stock portfolio, (laughs) or I know about this. And it it really has nothing to do with race. I'm not Mm -hmm. gonna say one over the the other, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? But some children are exposed, but for the most part a lot of them are not exposed mm-hmm. to just the basics of financial literacy mm-hmm. how does a bank account operate you know how do you pay bills how do with a mortgage how does lending work how does credit work and then you get into the more nuanced part of financial literacy which comes to wealth management or investing in the stock market and how how does that part of the economy work um and i think before you even move into that portion, just the bare basics of managing finance, the practical application right. of what, what it means to be responsible, to be a good steward over what your resources are, how much ever your resources are, to actually be a good steward and manager of what you have. I think that's a huge thing that is lacking, um, not only in the educational system, but within you know our families and the transparency of that.
3: You know, I've been fortunate in my life economically and been able to handle money correctly. Mm-hmm. But really, and I, I, I say this to myself personally, I remember I was uh, mentored by a gentleman, and he was just telling me, "Sean, just put fifty dollars a month." And that's all about. I say about twenty-four years old at the time. Yeah. And so it really is true. If you if you start early in life, start very early. You can mm-hmm. put a, put these, put aside small amounts yeah. that would benefit you long term if you're consistent with those small amount deposits, whether it's a hundred dollars a month or fifty dollars a month, versus trying to catch up when you're forties and fifties. Talk about right. that that algorithm of just you know of the dollar cost the, averaging
9: compounding, right? Mm-hmm. Of how of how um, just a small contribution uh, once it compounds over time, mm-hmm. and I think that's the part that. Many don't realize, yes, there are are people that have large inheritances Mm -hmm. or they receive a trust fund. Mm -hmm. But for the average American, it really just boils down to time and work, Mm -hmm. you know, and and, and discipline and consistency Mm
7: -hmm.
9: and doing having that discipline and consistency over time. Right, like you said such a small amount, fifty dollars. If you were to start that for a child, or even you know how Cory Booker is proposed the baby bond, where every child born receives a thousand dollars at birth, and by the time they're eighteen, it should compound into about fifty thousand dollars or so. Mm-hmm. Which you know, at eighteen years old, if you have that access to that type of uh, capital, what can you do? You can go put a down payment on a home. Mm-hmm. You know, the path to home ownership we know is a huge component of generating generational wealth. Mm-hmm. You you know, which mm-hmm. so many in, in our community do not have access to. So just starting with such a small amount and allowing that amount to compound over time. I'm not saying being an investor or a, a guru when it comes to being the greatest, latest stock picker. It's, right. it's more so about the longevity and your time horizon and the ability to withstand certain market cycles. And eventually you will benefit from those gains. Of course, there will be ups and downs. Absolutely. You know, over that and you can't, time period. And you, when it's down, you but can't. Run. Longer time horizon, you give yourself, you mm-hmm. you have the ability to 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 capitalize on those gains.
3: Because we're talking about the cultivation of wealth, you know. Exactly. That's the whole process. Because, like I said, you know, I look back at my life and I went, "Man, I shouldn't have pulled out then." I I can tell you, I owned uh, Intel stock at one time. Uh-huh. I owned a uh, Home Depot stock. I owned Apple stock. I owned all that, you know. But I was I was one of those guys who danced, danced. Ooh, that's yeah. that's moving fast, and I just didn't sit there. I I, I remember. Uh, Uh, You know, Berkshire stock was twelve hundred dollars. I could have that was Mm -hmm. like fifteen years ago, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I could have gotten in. But I went, that stock too high. I'm about twenty dollar Kmart stock. You know, so really, it's about knowledge and information, and that's when it gets into you know cultivating wealth with information and knowledge. That's what this is all about.
9: Exactly, and then also I think. you you shouldn't have the pressure to put you shouldn't put that pressure on yourself you know
3: <laughs> there are professionals <laughs> that I'm, I'm <laughs> I was well. you know, so I'm, I'm one of those people you know don't trust nobody but myself well, OK. Yeah. But you, but so you that's what you say, though, that's but, cultural. Right. 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 Because we have to you know, we know we, we have a problem with the vaccine right now because it's cultural. Exactly. And so. So you're saying from a, for Rushan, stop burden yourself, create a relationship with an expert. Yeah. And that's who you are. You are an expert. Talk about yourself.
9: Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, that is one thing I think, you know, there, there's there's so many different paths to lessening this wealth gap, you know, Mm -hmm. between black Mm -hmm. and white. And I hate to make it about black and white, but really, Mm -hmm. that's what it really is about. Mm -hmm. You know, a huge part in this country. Um, But of course, there's policy and then there's there's reform that Mm -hmm. can help close that gap. And there is also cultural things that we can do as a community. And one thing that we are not we're not we're not really transparent when it comes to finance. Right. You know, within our within our families, you know, amongst our friends, even amongst professionals, there's there's always some wall or some barrier or something that you don't want to fully disclose, but oftentimes it stifles us, you know, right. because mm-hmm. we don't share the information. You know, we're not transparent about what we know and what we don't know. And it, it can be a hindrance or serves as an obstacle to really, really achieving because we we're we're not transparent about what our needs are or what we have or what we like to achieve, you right. know. So mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the trust factor is huge within our, our community. So there are cultural barriers to the wealth disparity as well.
3: So with that being said, you know, trust factor, knowledge, financial literacy. Mm-hmm. What really is stunting our ability to achieve wealth in the black community? What really if you had to put your finger on it, what is really stopping us?
9: You know, I, 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 it's such a dynamic and wicked Problem, so to speak, quote unquote, because if you look at it systemically, you know, over time, there have been obstacles or barriers that have been put in place for us to not be able to partake in certain uh, societal gains that basically enhance the black middle class. Like if you look at the beginning from the 1800s, when Friedman's savings and loans collapsed, mm-hmm. then yeah. that is what started our mistrust in the banking system mm-hmm. when that collapsed. Mm-hmm. And then in the late 1800s, insurance companies had like explicit discrimination when it came to policies. So any blacks that own an insurance policy, our policies were only worth one third of what a white policy, white persons or white Americans' policy was worth, mm-hmm. and of course, in the 1900s, we know Black Wall Street, mm-hmm. you know, in Tulsa, mm-hmm. and the destruction of that, and then in the 30s, there's redlining, and then you go into the disparities or dis- with Social Security and how Black domestic workers and farm workers weren't able to qualify for Social Security, and then you get into uh, World War II World, when Black veterans could not, like explicitly take part in the GI bill. So like there's been systemic things over time or over hundreds of years that have perpetuated this divide, you know, Mm -hmm. and then not to mention with all of that happening, home ownership, like I said, in the beginning of the conversation is one of the major paths to wealth preservation, um, intergenerational wealth transfer across our entire nation. So I think maybe in the beginning of 2019, over 70% of white Americans owned a home while Mm -hmm. less than 40% of black Americans own their actual home. So home ownership um, in eradicating sort of those type of policies that have prevented us from mm-hmm. being able to be on a consistent path to home ownership I think is one of the hugest or most pervasive problems as far as intergenerational wealth transfer, not to mention income in- inequality and then mm-hmm. the educational disparities. And then the pandemic home
3: uh, home. really damaged us even more because it caused roughly 46% of the Black-owned businesses to close and exactly. prevent them from reopening. So, Which means that when you go to a bank, they're going to look at you like, yeah. hmm, when they had the PPP mm-hmm. out there, we were the last to get or didn't get it at all. Exactly. So in the end, yeah. it's about race and overcoming race. And I always tell people: you overcome racism by creating relationships. Mm-hmm. By going to a bank instead of just cashing your check, sit down with the loan officer.
6: Build exactly. trust
3: because people can people can give you some things and tell you, advise you how you can slowly grow into a loan building relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you're gonna go in there and get your hundred thousand dollars off the top, right. Right. but you right. go in right. there and maybe get ten pay back that 10, then that becomes 20. And I think that people need to understand that growth happens over a, over a period of time.
9: Of time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It, it takes time. It takes time to cultivate relationships. It takes time to show um, your ability uh, and, and your buy-in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Your buy-in to the situation, your buy-in to progress. All of that takes time and, mm-hmm. and cultivation and intentional cultivation.
3: Well, you know something, Andrea? I, I want to appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, you, I could actually talk to you for a, another 30 minutes because I know, you, you know, <laughs> really, because you know, you, you know, because you know, as much success as I claim to have, I'm learning. And that's important. And mm-hmm. also, could, I'm, I'm willing to reveal my mistakes. And I think that's, exactly. a, that's a gift that you have to be able to allow me to sit up here and comfortably, lay my head on the couch with Sean. Where did you make the mistakes? Well, uh-huh. when I was 24, I should listen to Paul when he told me to deliver $50 a month. Right. 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 You know. In 32, I kind of listened. (laughs) Exactly. And so many of us
6: have
9: that history within our family. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh Like I'm in this industry, but a huge part of my success or, you know, progression is being transparent about what you were taught. And you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and what lessons you've learned along the way, the mistakes that you've made, Mm -hmm. the things that have been passed down, mindsets when it comes to money and finance within my own family, right. you know, and, and addressing that type of um, those type of conflicts. So, and then moving past it.
3: Cool. Well, I want to thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations. Andrea L. Thank Collins, what does the L stand for?
9: Lashawn.
3: Lashawn. Okay. That <laughs> uh-huh. Sounds like a Southern name right there. Lashawn, right there, but no problem. <laughs> Berkeley grad, do your thing. Uh, please yeah. come back on Money Making Conversations. Okay. Thank
8: you. Most definitely.
3: We'll be right back with more. From Rashawn McDonald and Money-Making Conversations. Don't touch that doll.
8: What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination. Our sense of wonder. And our family bonds grow, too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Walk them out in my shoes. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow, too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.
6: This report is brought to you by Humana. If you're a veteran on Medicare, there are Medicare Advantage plans that complement the coverage you get through the VA. Ed Sandrick is director of Humana's Veterans Channel. How does a Medicare Advantage plan work with VA benefits?
7: A Medicare Advantage plan can complement uh, the health care services and benefits that a veteran gets at the, through the VA. The Medicare Advantage plans that Humana offers, particularly the Humana Honor Medicare Advantage plan, which was designed with veterans in mind who use the VA, works side by side. As I said, it, it kind of complements the VA health care. An individual can go to the VA for the services that he or she wants or needs at the VA and is eligible for, and also can use the Uh, Medicare Advantage Network uh, as well, side by side, they don't uh, interrupt one another. Um, There are some myths and misconceptions among the veteran community that if they may jeopardize their VA healthcare, should they use original Medicare or Medicare Advantage, that's just not the case.
6: For more information, visit Humana.com slash Medicare.
7: Hi,
3: I am Rashawn McDonald, host of MoneyMakingConversation.com. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award is a celebration of black men making a difference in our community by empowering others to reach their life goals. They can be civic leaders, people in business, activists, celebrities, and everyday dads. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award honoree this week is John Hope Bryan. Where there's hope, there's John Hope Bryan. A mentor to many. Brian has dedicated himself to sharing his failures and successes in life and business as well to empower the next generation of entrepreneurs. And Operation Hope and Shopify have partnered to create 1 million new black-owned businesses.
7: You need to be about building wealth. You can't build wealth without compounding. You can't compound without something other than you. In this case, employees, technology, infrastructure, systems. So I decided not to just complain about it, but try to do something about it. So we partnered together with Shopify, the second largest e-commerce retailer in the world.
3: The Cafe Mocha Swag Award represents men who have strength, whose wisdom is assertive, and who is genuine in their spirit. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. These are my passions. That's what I'm going to do for you. That's why I created Money Making Conversations. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare for the bigger obstacles that life is going to present to you. And a lot of people trip Complain about things that are not even worth your time because that holds you back, but guess what my next guest been knowing him a long time in the business. We've crossed paths, D-C-B-E-T. His name is Curtis Simons. He launched HBCU Go TV, which is a live and streaming entertainment, educational lifestyle, and sports network. HBCU Go TV is the voice of African-American youth and the HBCU community and currently airs on Roku and HBCUGo.tv. Please welcome the Money Making Conversation, Curtis Simons. Hello? I'm right here. You can hear me? What's I can hear you. Can you hear me, Rashawn? I can hear you now. I'll introduce
1: you, man. You just sat down Uh-oh, with Curtis. Okay. I, didn't know, I didn't know if the, I put a pop up on screen or if I'm gonna uh, see it today, I, I, I see I see, I'm, I'm I see you live. You out, I see
3: the picture I'm in the good. background. All that good stuff, Curtis. How you doing, hey. there, sir? Mr. HBCU, Mr. BET, Mr. Man, producer. Let me just say this, Mr. man. I've had a
1: great weekend. i got to tell you, Rashad, it's an honor to be on your show, man. I've heard a lot about the show. And I know you very well, man, and, and I'm looking forward to uh, diving into some conversations and see what we can come up with today.
3: Well, you know, the thing about it is that we've talked previously. when We we sat down and talked about the brand of HBCU and how I can come in to, you know, sure. help grow this brand. And it, it excites me because HBCUs, I, I didn't go to an HBCU school. I, I graduated from University of Houston, right down the street from Texas Southern University in Third Ward, Texas. So I ain't gonna hold me, that against you. I you ain't going hold I, that against you. I appreciate you. that. I appreciate it because <laughs> my passion and what I'm trying to do and what I want to use the skills that God gave me is what I'm bringing to the table and that's marketing and branding that's something I do very naturally and when I look at a brand like HBCU which for some reason in 2020 has exploded on the landscape why do you feel that you know it's been struggling, They're funding every year in Congress. Do we want to fund it? And then, and then you know, President Donald Trump is, is taking claim for, like, resurrecting HBCUs. If it wasn't for him in 2019 in September, it wouldn't be an HBCU funding program happening right now. Exactly. Why is HBCUs being so popularized in 2020?
1: Well, I, I think that, you know, with, with, with all the unrest we've had in, in, in this current time right. and looking at where there should be some growth and where there should be some responsibilities, I think if it, it peels back to the HBCU circle. Mm-hmm. And I think when people really dive in and really look at what HBCU schools have done over the years in creating some of the great educational folks, political folks, entertainers, uh, sports athletes, the whole nine yards, mm-hmm. it's now become a better appreciation across the board for what these schools have meant. And now- right. You know, more people are looking at it. You know, not one-sided that it had been looked at for a while. Because when you look at the, the great thing about the, the HBCUs in the '60s and '70s, that's only where African Americans could go to. Mm-hmm. PWIs, which be predominantly white institutions, got very smart and said, "Look, especially on the athletic side, mm-hmm. you know, we got to start incorporating more of the African Americans into our schools." And because they could provide the visibility that African American schools could not, a lot of athletes jumped the board. But now what's happening is, you know, people are understanding, look, it ain't all about the money. It's more about the experience. Mm-hmm. And if we can start really, you know, pushing more of the experience at HBCUs and really show people who have come out of there, who has survived, you know, that I think is really going to be the icing on, on the cake. And I think now that it's become very apparent that these schools are playing a prominent role in education, of African-American Kids, you know, Mm -hmm. more and more people now starting to pay attention to saying we've got to have more HBCU stuff and we've got to spend more time in driving the value and exposure of these schools. That's one of the things that I'm trying to do at HBCU Go TV.
3: Now, you know, the vision leading media, eliminating the voice and experience of the 107 is 104 that are accredited HBCUs, Mm -hmm. and then the mission is to increase brand awareness, and support the sustainability of HBCUs by making a meaningful financial contribution to the population of these American institutions of higher learning. There are two right. things, a vision and a mission. HB, HBCU Go TV. How did it start, though? Talk about your career. What gives you credibility? You just hopped on the machine. First well, of all, I know
1: you with to HBCU. I, I think one of, the things, one of the things that helped me tremendously, Bashan, is I grew up on the campus of Central State University. My mother taught there for 40 years. My father worked there for 50 years in the maintenance department. So I had opportunity to be in the bloodline and I ended yes. up, my mother graduated from Central State and I ended up graduating from Central State mm-hmm. and also my sister graduated from Central State. So I had the experience of, you know, coming and living and being part of that bloodline of HBCUs. Mm-hmm. But then when I got into the marketing side of the media business, and I worked for a cable system for, for many years, and I worked for ESPN, and then I got into BET. Right. One of the biggest things I saw was the lack of exposure uh, for these universities, because no one really was really trying to help. In my old days at BET, when I came on in 1988, we really were the anchors behind black college sports. Right. And we did that for almost 10 years, but then, you know, we were ahead of our time, and our guys didn't know really how to sell it. And coming out of ESPN, you know, and being a sports nut, I was really pushing black college sports like there was no no tomorrow because when I first came on board at BT, we, we were doing a week-long take delay of mm-hmm. a game. And I, and I finally mm-hmm. forced Bob to do live games. Right. You know, and then finally, we just got out there where the advertising world couldn't really understand black college sports. And they didn't want to put any money in. So it didn't enable us to continue with it. But we knew there was a value there. And that's Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. other services started to kind of dip Mm -hmm. on it. And now ESPN has jumped in it. But what HBCU Go is going to do is that we're going to be a part of that. Because, you know, as I've told HBCU schools, it's like, you know, why are you letting just one network control your visibility? When Mm -hmm. you look at the Power Fives and you look at, you know, uh, other conferences, they got two and three media partners. Absolutely. You know, so now. You know, the, the commissioners are getting smarter. They're looking at more ways in which they can drive exposure, looking at way more at ways they can, you know, bring revenue to the universities, to their presidents. And so the door is starting to crack. And now with uh, HBCUs starting to pick up some top-name recruits, like Howard picked up Maker, the basketball player, the seven-footer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, other, there's other players that have gone different places that have been top recruits. And now uh, the door is starting to slide open. And which is gonna make, you know, these schools become very, very attractive, not only to HC go, but to other people, because they wanna see these young this young talent and they're also gonna get a chance to really expose themselves to some great talent at the end of the day.
3: Let's talk about let's stay in this sports lane because we talk about SEC conference, mm-hmm. power five. I'm a software swat guy. You know, Texas Southern, Prairie View, mm-hmm. Gramlin Southern, all that whole area over there. That's me. Then I find out that Bethune Cookman is coming to the swag.
1: Yeah. Then exactly. I find
3: out Fan Mew is coming to the swag. See, yeah. that's that feels like the black S E C to me. And that's really what you're is. talking about. I, I, would, I, you know, I was
1: just talking to Charles McCullen, who is the uh commissioner of the swag, and I, I think you're right on point. I mean, I try to convince the conferences almost eight years ago because I was really the one that brought black college sports to ESPN Mm because I was consulting with them at the time and I was the one with with behind the SWAC and the MEAC challenge that ended up in Florida Mm -hmm. but one of the things I was trying to convince the HBCU schools early on was to make a power conference, mm-hmm. but they just couldn't get it. But now you're right. I, I think that SWAC is on to something, man. And then oh. I think they're building something that's going to make it very, very attractive. And I think what's going to happen is SWAC is going to be the conference that everybody's going to look at, you know, as far as really doing sports with and see if they become one of the, the power. You I'm know, teasing. within black college sports And I, I think they I, I, will I'm Because teasing. they picked up, like you just said film Cookman, FAMU you, you know, and I think there's going to be others That's going to sprinkle over with Powerhouse Even in the, in the, in the mid-level conference Who are doing well Who are wow. going to try to sneak in And really try to make it a strong conference Before it's all over We So the I think, that, I think that, that's about, an opportunity there We're
3: talking about legacy football programs, Athletic program Band program right. band, fam, you talk about band, FAMU you know what I'm saying? We're already know the Squack has always had the Grambling Southern game that has been broadcast yes. for years on NBC. So that right. always had this, that's always been like the Notre Dame game on NBC yep. for black sports. And so there's already media heritage, media media lineage for the SWAC program. And I Mm -hmm. I like it because we have to start being smart and realize we have economic dollars. If you want to get the recruits, then you have to generate energy. If you're saying, man, the SWAC is the best place to come, where you're going to be the best athletes, that's what's happening right now. Jackson State!
1: Yeah, that's all they did with with Deion.
3: Come on now, that's all I'm saying. That's SWAC!
1: That's right. Right. and that's sparkability right there. I mean, you know, that that's sparkability. So you, know, you know, two-time Super Bowl champ coaching, you know, his son his, son, his son. You know, son, what else can you ask for there?
3: His son, who was a four-star recruit, went was just de- de- uh, decommitted from the Florida school, now going to Jackson State. And exactly, that, and he was exactly. an incredible athlete.
1: And, and, I, and I think that's the trend you're going to see on on that Rashawn. I mean, I think that you know they're going to be. It's going to be many more like that that Mm -hmm. are going to start you know drifting into because look the bottom line is man these young folks (laughs) in in football and basketball they want to get to the next level right 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 that's the whole thing and 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 if if we're able to begin to start showing them through hbcus that you can get there right i think that's going to be the doing and i think now the way the direction is moving you know, more and more kids are realizing. Look, I, I, you know, I asked a question to uh, Jalen Rose years ago when when the Fab Five, you know, uh, tape came out when they did the Fab Five tape, and I said, Jalen, if you would have took the Fab Five to an HBCU, right? Do you think there would have been difference than taking it to Michigan? Mm-hmm. And he said, Man, I, because I never thought about it like that. I said, Yeah, because all you want to do is get to the next level, and that right. was before one and does. Mm-hmm. That was before one and does. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. right. So now. You take that same model and move that into an HBCU, everybody would want to come televise them. Right. Everybody would follow them. Right. And they would, right. and they would become the team in the HBCUs that everybody would have jumped on. Right. It, no question. So right. with the the, the the raise of awareness of Jackson State with, with a Dion, for example, right, only opens up more doors to HBCUs. And, and, that, and that's where we got to start taking advantage of it. The biggest thing that we've got to take advantage of, Sean, is that we've got to move these HBCU schools into thinking business and not just education. Right. That's right. one of the biggest things that I'm trying to work on with my HBCU chat. I'm trying to constantly bring them ideas of how to grow their enrollment through bringing in some businesses that will support them in order to grow their enrollment. Because that's not the way they think going in the door.
3: Well, here's the, here's the, and you're absolutely right. Uh, Notre Dame football mm-hmm. is what drives their enrollment. Penn State, Alabama, mm-hmm. University of Texas, these are USC. All these mm-hmm. are prominent programs that drive enrollment, and it's, it's really is interesting because the academic success of HBCUs is, is unquestionably an amazing. Story in yes. itself that they're not even recognized. But guess what? Because the athletic program, which were the dominant voice in the '60s before integration happened, and you know that, Kurt. Exactly. You know exactly that the wave exactly. of black athletes and Hall of Fame. I think is over 32 uh, HBCU uh, yeah. players who are in the Professional Football Hall of Fame. No and question. So, and so, so now let's look at that. Now, that's why I think it's important that a Deion Sanders is at Jackson State because yep. again. He's gonna, he's gonna he's gonna bring in athletes, which means that the fan base and the alumni base will get re re energized, and that's what which we're is talking needed. about. Which is needed. Which is, which needed. is needed. Which is needed. Because right now, let's talk about it. let's talk about HBCUs. They're known for the band, and if they got a good football team, and then the academics is third. Now I think what happens is, as black people, we always fight that moniker that we are more than just. Athletes, we're just more than physical objects. No question. No and question. So that's the fight that you we're talking about right now. Is
1: that exactly
3: we, we want to be able to recognize for our intellect and not because we can entertain and not because we can perform on an athletic platform.
1: And so well, that's the journey. you're, that's you're the right person. on point. Yeah, that's that, that's where you're right on point, John. It's like with my my personal myself. Right. You know, I've been trying to show young men and young ladies, like, listen. I came out of Central State with a physical education major, right. a right. PE mm-hmm. major. Right. I've mm-hmm. been a marketing guy since I've been in the business, 30-some-plus years. And I said, I'm... I'm, I'm Going into the biggest Hall of Fame of the, of the media industry, <laughs> broadcasting and cable next year. One of the few girl, blacks girl, girl. going into
3: a Hall of Fame hey, with girl, a P major. Let me bring that up. Don't be just just throwing out that information. That's valuable information. That's one of my questions. Let me set that up. You just jumping out there, just casually throwing that out. Now you, I can't stand interviewing people that know more information and just be putting it out ahead of time. We still in HBCU. Now you jumped into this legendary honor. That you're getting in 2021. Well, since you opened your mouth, Curtis, tell us about this honor that you're getting in 2021. That's one of the biggest the opportunities that you can get in media. Talk about that. No, I, I that, thank you very
1: much, Sean. You know, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, I, you, know, it, you know, it's, you know, it's always an honor when you have your colleagues you know, nominate you as one of the best in the business. Right. Mm-hmm. And I really, one of the things that has been my, my real headache over my years is that i never really taken advantage of my network like I should have. I've had more people always say to me, hey, man, I don't think you realize how much you bring to the table and you undervalue yourself a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, this honor, Rashad, next year is one that I've been seeking for like the last 20 years because I felt that I gave a lot to the industry, and one of the things that I wrote a, a part of a book I wrote a while a couple of years back called um, uh, "It's a Gamble and HBCUs HBCU Are a Sure Bet." Within that, I talked a lot about during that time, Rashawn. One of the things that I think we all get we all have an oversight of is not recognizing and dealing with our family the way it is because your family is all you have man at the end of the day it's all you have man right and my family went and fought with me thick and thin you know i put my family at times in in some rough spots because i'm working night and day traveling all the time missing things you know and you know that's a big thing now to me and so to be honored and see all the sacrifices my family went through in order for me to obtain an honor like this next year. It's big for me, man. It's very mm-hmm. big for me. And and also to, you know, have many of my peers who have now called me and said, man, this is overdue, man. You you, you should've got this thing a long time ago, man. You know, I, I'm mm-hmm. just shocked that it's taken this long. to get. and I, and, and, I, and I give them, you know, the, the, the I forgot who it was, uh, in the NFL, it took them a long time. I, you know, I just said, listen, you know, my whole thing is, is I taught I was taught to be patient. Yes. You know, patience is is, is is the world of life. You know, if you know you've done something right, somebody will reward you down the road. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this reward is you know the tip of the iceberg in the industry. You know, and I didn't realize how big it was until I saw all the people who got honored <laughs> in front of me, African Americans like Oprah, Bob Johnson. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm and I'm like the Third within all of BT to get on it, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so. It's a big step, man, and I'm very proud of to be very truthful with you.
3: You're listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. We'll be right back. Cars today are like a computer on wheels, but you can't fix any of these new features yourself. So when something breaks, it could cost you a fortune. And now is not the time for expensive repairs. That's why you need CarShield. Car Shield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a covered repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield understands payment flexibility is a must. Plans are customizable, and as low as $99 a month. No long-term contracts or commitment. Plus, you get to pick your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed. CarShield is America's number one auto protection company. For as low as $99 a month, you can protect yourself from surprises and save thousands. Call 1-800-CAR-6000 and mention code M-O-N-E-Y, M-O-N-E-Y or visit CarShield.com and use code MONEY, M-O-N-E-Y, to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code MONEY. A deductible may apply. Welcome back to Money Making Conversations. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. Now, it takes a bit of knowledge, because I want to slide back to getting on the Roku platform. Yeah, getting the streaming because let's look at BT. BT is a traditional cable network, which means they have to have twenty-four hours of programming, seven days a week, and that's why sometimes you look at a network like a BT and they got paid programming. It has nothing to do with BT coming around in the early hours. What advantages is it streaming and expenses as money financially versus doing a cable network launch versus doing a streaming network
1: launch? Well, one, one of the things that the, the, everyone's finding out is that the world of media is changing, Sean, as we all know. Mm-hmm. You know, no one is really watching You know, our kids are not watching television anymore. Our kids are watching their phones, their iPads, and their computers. Mm-hmm. And the digital world really allows them to get a faster hit than just watching linear TV. Right. And so the digital, the, the OTT platforms that we're on, the over, what they call over-the-top, digital platforms, which is faster, and the fact that you can get inf- inf- you know, more viable information at a timely basis is just the way of the world, man, and the way that, you know, in my audience that I'm trying to reach out to, which is the HBCU students, right. HBCU alumni, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we're trying to get, the you know, multicultural audiences to be involved with it, you know, a, a lot of this world is watching everything on the computer, the phone, and the iPad, so less cost, you know, I don't have to buy a big dish to, to get my network up. You know, I could just do it technology-wise, it's a lot less cost. And that's really what it boils down to. I mean, t- today's world, to, to build a linear network, like a BT, it, it costs you millions and millions of dollars. Where to do a digital network, you know, I, I don't need a million right. dollars. <laughs> I'd like to have it, but I can get it up without having to spend a, a ton of money to get it up and going and keep it and keep productive. So what, and that's really what it's all about. You know, and so if you can make your program, you, you can grow your content as you're building it. That's really kind of the theme of where you want to go with.
3: So, what is your content? Is it categorized? How is it? Because let's, let's go and be honest. You know, HBCU is recognized for the athleticism, the sports program, mm-hmm. recognized for those bands, those marching bands at halftime, dominate right. the landscape, and then right. academics. So, what is right HB, now, HBCU? Right now, program
1: consists of. Educational programming. We're doing a, We're doing a uh, master class program with uh, uh, Tennessee State. Uh, that, that's been one of our charter schools that we've been working very closely with. Because really the programming that we're trying to create is to have the students create programming for the network. Mm. And then we're doing some lifestyle programming. We've created a show with Charlie Neal called What's Next with Charlie Neal. And doing very similar things you're doing here with your podcast of interviewing people in the HBCU circle, around the HBC circle or, you know, graduated from an HBCU who are doing things in the community or in business who could help enlighten us on how to move forward. And, of course, like you said, you know, we're doing we're doing HBCU sports right now. We're doing it on a lot of, a lot of tape stuff, material that we're getting. Uh, we hope to try to have some live sports in 2021, and we'll see what, what comes about, you know, in regards to that. And then we're trying to create other programming around um, – you know HBCUs that people would really relate to. Like we have a black quiz show uh, that we got from Don Jackson out of Chicago. He gave oh, us twenty six yeah. episodes uh, that we're working with. Uh, that I think it, it's all around HBCUs good. Some of the questions are really tough. You Absolutely. know, I'm the show a couple of times, and I'm trying to figure out the answers to some of these questions. Is that the you version
3: know? hosted by nephew Tommy? Yes,
1: yes, yes. exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. So hosted by nephew Tommy. You know, and, and it's doing well for us. And then we have another another show that we picked up with. Uh, Zena Garrison and uh, Chanda Rubin, which is really all about social justice, but it's a game set chat is what it's called. And they talk to a lot of tennis professionals about the whole thing about injustice and dealing in in the black and white world, you know? So we're slowly but surely picking up programming. Our goal in 2021 is to at least be able to do two hours of, of original programming, and then we'll start adding more as we go.
3: Okay, cool. So here's another program, Money Making Conversations. You know, oh, we gonna, want that battle. We're going to drop that. You're on the
1: docket for 2021. <laughs> but That's going to be our top show. Because will tell you the thing, that right now.
3: Here's the thing that I love about what's happening with Money Making Conversations and In the interviews. I got interviewed Kenny Lord, You know, out of Tava Lifestyles, out of Houston, Texas. Yeah. He's from Tennessee State University. Just interviewed the uh, last week the, the people who created Christmas Claus, Cl- uh, uh, Clarence Claus. You know, young oh, black wow. couple, Okay, young black couple, you know, both of them graduated from HBCUs. And so I, it's really interesting how granular the relationship has been. So me being able to provide content. And so now I, built, I bought my new office building in Atlanta. So yeah, now, we're excited about it. And so now I'm, do, now I'm doing video like I told you I would. And so yes. this is this, this is the program I'll be able to bring. I'm, I'm building out a video wall to the right of me. And so which means that I'll be able to even get even bigger talent even bigger relationships but more important exposing the entrepreneurial value of hbcus and also being able to give you quality programming because that's what sales even though if i I can get the celebrity hbcu people on my show and get them on your network then guess what you'll be able to market and brand they become the face and that's what we're going to do that's our that's our 2021
1: goal well i'm 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 for, for for anyone listening to Bashan's show right now. (laughs) Let me just say this. I am very, very, very excited to have a building relationship with one of the great brand masters in the business, Bashan McDonald. I think that having him part of HBCU Go is going to be an explosion for us in 2021. And I'm looking forward to marketing, building the brand Mm -hmm. and really working side by side with him to really grow, you know, his show and really grow our partnership to show, number one, to show people we can work together. Number two, to take advantage of this network that he's building of, of all the people in the HBC circle, so that as he earlier mentioned, we can build something that everybody can be proud of down the road. That's really the goal. Right. That's really the goal.
3: And that's really what we're trying to do, you know. And it's it's amazing we got a you know a president, vice president elect, which is amazing. How, uh, Howard University, AKA yeah. member. No you question. Know, you know, people go, "Where's well, she really black? Where's she? with the Howard?" I'm tell you something. She got enough black going on in her life. She's a no member of AKA for Salt Sorority. She went to Howard University. She, mm-hmm. she grew up in Oakland. Okay, we just stop. We just stop right there. That's, en- that's, that's enough. That's three black powerful relationships that we can stop talking about.
1: You, you know, got, you got that right. You got that right. <laughs> and that's going to be very powerful. And it's, I think that, you know, she's going to jump on. We're going to get her one day on your show because she's going to understand how powerful you are in the, in the market and what you bring to the table. And she's gonna want everybody to listen to her message some more. We know I I can see you grabbing her very soon. When we talk you know, having her involved. We talking no about
3: power, you know, Walter Payton, you know, rest is so Greatest running back in the history of football, professional football. Steve McNair. You know, Jerry Wright. The greatest wide receiver of all time. Yeah. All the five are Michael Strahan. You know. Yep. It's, it's Oprah Winfrey. Taraji P. Henson. Anthony Anderson. Stephen A. Smith. The list goes on and on. Common. You know, lies right there. tremendous tremendous Kim Whitley. Man. And, then, like see, that. and that's
1: the kind of thing. Rashawn, that you're talking about that our young people are totally unaware of, Mm -hmm. totally unaware of. Mm -hmm. I was with a group of young folks a while back, right before, about a year ago, right before the virus hit, and was talking to them about black media and mentioned Earl Graves' name. Right. And no one in the room knew who Earl Graves was. Mm -hmm. No one. Mm -hmm. And I said, how can you be in a communication journalism department and not know who Earl Graves is? Right. But that's because... And this is one of the things that I, I'm getting on a lot of the, the, the communication partners in the HBCU circles saying, listen, you got to quit pre- preaching from the book and start educating these people on the history. Right. So that they understand when they step out the door who they are and who created this landscape for them.
3: Right. Right. Well, you know, the, the, even the, the, who really created it? It's sad to see how the Johnson publication brand has, yeah. has, has, has uh, without Jet, you know, you and I both know we grew up on Jet.
1: Oh, ain't no question. Jet
3: Beauty, ain't was, no question. Jet Beauty was a black man's dream. Come on now. Yep. You know.
1: But you know what's 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 sad behind that, though, Rashawn, is that I said it a lot of Bob meetings with Bob, and I have to give Bob one one piece of credit that back in the early days of BT, Bob went to a lot of those folks like the John Agents of the world. I was in those meetings mm-hmm. and asked them to partner with him so mm-hmm. that we could create a conglomerate. Right. And everybody was caught up in their own silos, man. They were like, oh, no, I don't need you. Mm-hmm. It's like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. 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 You know, mm-hmm. but that's the thing that we have to un- uncap. I mean, mm-hmm. we've got to start showing how we can work together, how we can drive business and get more people involved in the circle so that we can have a conglomerate that can grow and people say, oh, wow, they're doing something out there that, that, that's powerful out there. Right. They're sending a message out there. Right. Right, and they're working together to make right. that happen.
3: And so let's let's go back to why we got on this call. HBCUgo.tv is the website. Yes. HbcuGo on Roku. Now, now you got to have Roku to get to it, right?
1: Yes. Yes, but we will have it. We will have a, a new app out very soon within the next three weeks that you'll be able to pick us up right on your phone, mm-hmm. and the app will be mainly connected to our website right so you're going to be able to follow us closer
3: well that's the key because you if you start downloading and then the people start rating your app on your download the experience then that's when you win and that's Ain't what no we're question. talking about right now no now, question now well, let's go to the target audience before we wrap up uh, the primary is the millennials 18 to 24 the secondary is the alumni which is 24 25 to 49 and right uh, so that alumni is what we're talking about because I, they're the influencers for the young people because no if we build a brand of H, and I'm going to say with the word we because I, I can't get into the conversation and act like I'm an outsider. You're directing it right. Because we're influencers because influencers are key. That's who that 25 to 49 and really is it's 49 to 70 and beyond because the grandparents and the legacy
1: influencers. Or what you know, makes a difference. That, that that's the part of it, man. I mean, we put together a football game years ago in the Bahamas. We were the first ever to do it. We put together Bahama, the HBCU go Bahama football classic. We brought Tennessee State, I mean Texas Southern in to play Central State. And what was amazing was we put ten thousand people in a fourteen thousand seat arena within the, within two weeks. Because they wouldn't they wouldn't give us the arena until a week before. It was mm-hmm. unbelievable. But anyway my point is, to your point, when we started interviewing some of the people who attended, the generations that were tied together was amazing. <laughs> yes. I mean, people would come in and say, oh, my grandfather went there, my grandmother went there, mm-hmm. my aunt, my uncle went there, my father. I mean, the generations was unbelievable. And that's what makes HBC so strong. Right. But a lot of
3: people don't know that. Right. And that's why I'm excited about it. I'm excited about when we got on the call and talked about what you're trying to do. My Because I see it. And I, I'm not saying I'm a visionary, but I know that when I see what's happening with the SWAC becoming my my what I feel, the football version of the SEC. When, oh, I no see, when I see a Deion Sanders, his brand going down to Jackson State. When I see yep. young recruits. When I see the vice president elect. Being an HBCU grad of, the, of Howard University, which we have to consider to be the Ivy League level of a black HBCU schools. And yes. that's where we're at now. We're at a we're at an interesting point right now in the life where the funding should come through. You know, they, we should also stay on top of corporate America. should continue no to contribute like they contributed in twenty twenty one. 2020 and 2021 and move forward let's don't make this to be a guilt donation let's make this an annual donation and that's where you go right there you said
1: you said the magic word that needs to be preached on a regular basis it's not a guilt situation Right. This is this is where it should be At so, the end of the day
3: Well, Curz, you got me, brother Like I said, I'm on video now I'm on video now I night.
1: appreciate it, man I appreciate it, Sean <laughs> Glad to have you, man And thank you very much You and Samantha and, and the crew, man Thank you very much For having me today Well, again You know, when the app drops
3: You gotta let us know So we put it on the newsletter Put it on social media it's, it's momentum Again, congratulations For your 2020 honor 2021 honor That you're gonna be For business and cable A broadcasting cable award That you so deeply deserve Serve. a legacy is tied to experience and tied to relationships man and to be on a call with you knowing that we've crossed paths that our journey is going to be united in a partnership that's going to uh that's going to grow a brand that's been underserved for so many years, but have served this country so well. And in the in the quality people that is educated, taxpaying people, people who are educating our children and their children that are running corporations that are running members of Congress, dentists, doctors, you know, lawyers, judges. That's what HBCUs bring to the table with everybody. I'm proud to be a part of it. You're saying it
1: right, Rashawn, So I'm (laughs) looking forward to it, man. It's going to be a a beautiful marriage next year, man, between your show and our network. Looking forward to it. We're
3: going to cut it out and get it done. Thank you, Curtis, for coming on Money Making Conversations. All right, man. Be
1: careful, man. You got to be safe out there, all of you.
3: I appreciate it, brother. If you want to get more Money Making Conversations interviews, please go to MoneyMakerConversations.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am the host.